0: Welcome to the Tideline Talks podcast, where we discuss all things related to sports medicine, health and wellness. We dispel common myths and misconceptions regarding healthcare, and we do it in a way that's easy to understand. It's hosted by yours truly, Dr. Michael Slifani, founder of Tideline Sports Performance and Rehabilitation. What's going on, everybody? This is Dr. Michael Scalfani, and I'm the host for today's episode. Today, we are going to be doing a monologue episode, so we're going to chat a little bit more in depth uh, about a particular topic that seems to be coming up a lot more on social media with patients here in our clinic, and I just want to kind of clear the air a little bit about about a few things that are, are floating around there. So today, we're going to be talking about whether or not foam rolling, lacrosse balls, massage guns, whether or not they are optimal ways to warm up. And we'll be talking about, you know, what they're supposed to do or what the theory behind them are, uh, as well as just what they actually do. And then at the very end, we're going to talk a little bit about some suggested things about uh, some ways that you can more optimally warm up. So, um, you know, let's talk briefly about, you know, why we even bother warming up, right? I think, uh, you know, about to be 37 next month, and uh, I definitely need to warm up, before my workout, uh, when I was in my 20s and my teens working out, yeah, you get away with it. But uh, now that I'm getting a little bit older, I definitely find myself taking my warm ups just a little bit more seriously, wake up uh, the next morning, not feeling quite like an old man, still feel like an old man, but not quite to the same extent. Um, but yeah, you know the, the theory behind warming up is, is pretty simple, right? We're trying to increase blood flow. Uh, we're trying to improve your mobility. We're trying to enhance performance, all good things, right? Before we get uh, underway with whatever we're doing, running, CrossFit, powerlifting, hypertrophy workouts, whatever, right? Um, so from a physiological perspective, right, we're trying to uh, get good recoil uh, within our muscles, right? Muscles are kind of like rubber bands. we Want to make sure they're not too stiff, like a rubber band coming out of a freezer, uh, but they shouldn't be too floppy either that they can't generate any recoil or any power production for you. Uh, we also want to get the juices going. We need to increase some blood flow to bring nutrients to working muscles and carry waste products away like lactic acid. Um, and also warming up is just a really good mental preparation too. It kind of gets your head right, right before you run, you crossfit, you squat, whatever, whatever it is you're about to do. Um, so let's dive into the first thing. The first thing that I want to talk about is film rolling. So foam rolling, um, the thought is that the pressure that you apply through the foam roller uh, will loosen up your muscles before you work out so that you're not so stiff and so achy. And uh, some people, I don't recommend doing this, but some people will use it to crack their back as they kind of roll up and down uh, their spine on this foam roller. That is uh, really not a great thing to do. I mean, if it makes you mentally feel better, so be it, but I really think your risk-reward ratio is not in your favor at that point. Uh, but there's some studies uh, that exist out there in the research and the literature world that show that there may be a temporary increase in your range of motion immediately after foam rolling. However, we need to be careful about the way that we interpret that result, right? So just increasing your general range of motion does not mean that you improve your performance, right? So I mean, yes, if you can't raise your shoulder, you know, to shoulder height, uh, getting you above 90 degrees of shoulder flexion or shoulder elevation, that's going to be a good thing, right? But for most of us, a uh, few degrees of range of motion may not break or make our workout, right? So, um, you know, the issue is that by improving your range of motion, you may have uh concomitantly down a muscle. So all of our muscles are innervated by a small nerve. And that's kind of what uh, forces your muscle to contract or forces your muscle to relax, right? It's that nerve innervation, that neuromuscular connection. Um, what you don't want to do right before you work out is to Downregulate a muscle and basically uh, decrease that neuromuscular drive to it, right? So if you foam roll, let's say uh, you're getting ready to do a heavy squat workout, maybe you're doing something at boot camp that has a lot of uh, a, a lot of squat movements in there or some lunges, and you want to make sure that your knees don't get cranky. Um, and so people will sometimes foam roll their quads before they they work out. Uh, now maybe you know you can bend your knee just a little bit more, or maybe when you bend your knee you don't perceive as much of that of that soreness, right? Um, but if by foam rolling, you down regulated, you decrease that neuromuscular efficiency to your quads, the second that you start squatting, you really don't want that, right? You want some neural drive to your squats to, to help to improve your performance and also to make sure you don't get hurt, right? So you need a prerequisite amount of tension or neuromuscular drive within your muscles. Otherwise, you know, a floppy rubber band is not going to do you much good while you're working out. Now there are some studies that show that there is a potential temporary decrease in perceived muscle soreness immediately after foam rolling. So, you know, when we have these qualitative or these, you know, pain, patient perception type studies, they're very difficult, not only to actually conduct uh, from a research perspective, but also to accurately measure. So, you know, one of the ways that they'll often measure perceived soreness in a muscle or trigger points or things like that, they have this little instrument, it's this little probe, and they push on a particular area or knot or something like that, um, that, you know, is probably sore or you know usually sore. And this little gauge is kind of like a pressure gauge and it measures how much or how deep they can push on an area uh, before the patient or the research participant uh registers or tells the person that they're in pain. It's a very qualitative thing. It's it's a kind of a softer science type uh type mechanism. And you know it, it's tricky to to conduct these studies and um there's there's a little bit of some construct validity that's you know may or may not be there. Um, but anyway, when, uh, you know, that perceived achiness that you feel before you work out, sometimes just goes away with a general warm up. So for example, when I was doing CrossFit, I used to do 5am CrossFit at 5am, you know, 445 when I roll out to the gym, and I get there, I'm not super limber, I'm still kind of waking up, I may have a little bit of achiness just from being asleep for, you know, six to eight hours the, the night before and things like that. Well, guess what, When I start to warm up, maybe I hop on the bike, maybe I go for a parking lot run, you know, whatever, whatever the coach is having us do to just generally warm up, I start to feel a little bit better that achiness and some of that rustiness and C3PO type feeling starts to go away. Um, you know, I feel like if you're why foam roll a very particular spot on your body, uh, that's a little bit achy when you could just generally warm up your whole body. Uh, so therefore you may have a better time management skills by doing a general warm up to improve your achiness rather than just like flopping around on a foam roller. Um, so if, you know, I'd, I'd rather see you guys do a warm up that's more optimal for you rather than just, you know, foam rolling your quads or whatever it is, calves, etc. Um but I want to make sure that we talk about too. Foam rolling's not all bad. So Foam rolling can be helpful immediately after you work out. It can help to act as a way to gently flush out some of that uh, waste products that develop and accumulate in your muscles when you work out. But, you know, it's not done with that crazy intense pressure that we see on social media or that people oftentimes do before they work out. No, if you're, you're going to flush some of those muscles out after you work out by, by foam rolling, it should be gentle. Like we're thinking about like gently squeezing toothpaste out of a toothpaste tube, right? We're not smashing it or going crazy on there. Um, but in my opinion, though, when we talk about a, a warm-up or a pre-workout technique, uh, foam rolling is pretty suboptimal. I think that the effects of, um, of the, of foam rolling, if there are any, are, are typically transient or they're short-term at best. Um, you know, I notice that we use the term suboptimal and not necessarily bad. Um, you're unlikely to really cause any meaningful change to your muscles, uh, long-term or even medium-term, uh, around your body pre-workout um, but, you know, if it's part of your pre-workout routine and you feel like it mentally makes you feel better, get your head right before you do whatever activity, you know, go for it. But don't neglect a more meaningful warm-up for yourself just because you wasted all your time pre-workout flopping around on foam roller. Uh, we'll talk about some more meaningful ways to warm up, uh, in a, in a minute. But the next little tool, the next little thing that people keep in their gym bag or we see all the, all over the gym floor is, uh, lacrosse balls, right? So, you know, lacrosse balls were, Supposed to be kind of designed as a self myofascial release tool. So, similar to foam rolling, we're trying to perform these uh, trigger point releases by smashing on an area that's tight or sore um but you know we need to kind of dive into a little bit of some pain science to figure out you know why we may feel some very slight temporary short term relief after smashing a sore muscle so um let's say that i'm walking through a door frame and i accidentally bump my elbow on the edge of the door uh, I immediately give it a light rub with my fingertips and I temporarily decrease my pain or at least my perception of pain. I didn't heal anything by lightly rubbing my elbow, right? I didn't put some pixie dust in there or anything like that. Uh, what I did was I sort of overrode uh, some of those nerve fibers that were sending that signal to my brain um, that interpreted that elbow as painful. So we have different nerve fiber types that exist within our body, and they all send information to our central nervous system, to our brain, and uh, they're responsible for how we process pain, soreness, and some other things as well. So we talk about nerves as as big information pipelines, right? So we think about like an oil pipeline. The larger the diameter of that, right, the faster the signal's carried, uh, the more information is carried to your brain, the smaller or the narrower in diameter that that nerve or that oil pipeline is. right, Um, the slower the signal is carried. So uh, that dull, achy pain and soreness, like uh, like when you have a, a sore muscle um, or a tight muscle at 4.45 a.m. when you get ready to do a CrossFit workout, right, um, that's carried by, by what are called C-fibers, like Charlie fibers, right? So the C-fibers are very small in diameter. They're slow to transmit that signal to your brain. Um, but if you lightly rub your muscles on a sore spot or you, say, push on a bruise or you sit on a crossbar. Ball, right, you're activating your A-beta fibers, and those are larger in diameter, so they're able to carry that signal to your brain much faster than those slower, kind of more painful C-fibers. So when we use a lacrosse ball, or even really, you know, for whatever reason, using a barbell to smash things, has come back in vogue now. So, you know, putting the bar on the J cups for a squat rack and kind of shrugging up for your upper traps to get rid of some of that soreness um, or, you know, using a barbell on your, on your quads to roll out. That seems to be more commonplace now, but anyway, using a lacrosse ball or a barbell to smash some of those tight areas, they temporarily override that that C-fiber signal, and they desensitize that achy sensation. Um, it's also similar to uh, somebody pushing on a bruise, like we said. You kind of just get desensitized to that, that painful ache. You didn't actually change anything within the muscle, right? You didn't change anything from a physiological perspective. You didn't break up adhesions. You didn't bust open any knots. You didn't improve the pliability of your muscles. No, you basically just kind of temporarily desensitized that area. But you know what, if that's what you need before your next workout, before your next class, great, like, go for it. Just make sure that that you know what, what we're doing and what we're not doing, right? Um, and also, you know, if you find yourself constantly needing to, like, smash on your upper traps or smash on your glutes, uh, just make sure you're not brushing some stuff under the rug. Like, we need to, you know, look at why your muscles are feeling so tight, achy, right? And we'll talk a little about that later as well. The last uh, the last little gizmo and gadget I want to talk about are massage guns. So these massage or percussion guns, these are becoming much more popular nowadays too, right? Especially over the last few years. So, you know, these were designed to be a, another self-myofascial release tool and they were theoretically designed to improve blood flow to an area. Um, they are not effective at breaking up any muscle knots or adhesions, right? They are not effective at improving the mobility or pliability of a muscle. However, there's simply just a way to bring some blood flow to an area and maybe a little bit of temperature increase to that area from all the vibration in there. Um, but, you know, really kind of like with the, like we talked about with, with some nerve and pain science, um, we're really just activating those fast, uh, those fast signal A beta nerve fibers that we mentioned, um, which can temporarily make you feel good, right? So, um, maybe I'm getting ready to go for a run and I got to take that percussion gun and just, you know, just get some vibration. vibration. Vibration therapy just get some uh, some percussion to my calves just because it maybe brings some blood flow to that area helps to add to my general warm up like, that's totally cool. But I'm not going to sit there and think that by jackhammering my calves and I'm breaking up all these knots and really making sure that they're, they're nice and pliable and that, you know, I'm, I'm devoid of any, of any muscle knots in there. That is not what these are doing. Um, the other thing too is that percussion guns and those massage guns, they're meant to be a self management tool, right? For you to do yourself. They should never be used by a healthcare provider that's charging you money to do that, right? So you're if you go to see a healthcare provider, they should be utilizing their, you know, bomb-ass education, their amazing clinical skills that they went to school for and that they've crafted over the years to help you. Uh, they shouldn't be using this machine that's specifically designed for people to use on themselves. So if you're paying somebody to use uh, a self-management tool like a massage gun on you, uh, find another healthcare provider. Um, just make sure too, if you're, if you're using this percussion gun that you're not hitting any bony prominences with that little hammer, right? So don't hit your kneecap, don't hit your hip bone or your elbow or something like that. That's just going to give yourself a little bruise on that, on that bone. And that's just not going to be fun either. Um, but you know, like I said, some people feel better, um, after they use that gun, uh, before they work out, which is totally fine. Maybe it just, you know, makes you feel like you're just getting some things more active and you're providing more localized blood flow to an area. And and that's great. Like I said, just make sure that you understand what it is that you're doing and uh, make sure that we know what it's not doing, right? So it is providing a little bit of some general blood flow to an area or to a specific area, um, but it is not busting up adhesions. It is not breaking up anything. It's not making your muscles necessarily more pliable or anything like that. So, um, you know, this episode really, it's not intended to, to just put foam roll like lacrosse ball, barbell smashes and percussion guns on blast. No, the idea behind this episode is that we're just trying to explain, um, if there are any benefit to using these tools and, and how you may use them for your warm up uh, or pre-workout. And it's just, like I said, important to just make sure that you're warming up in the most optimal way for you prior to working out and, you know, don't skip a more optimal Warm up, uh, or something that's more optimal for you, or more optimal for the activity that you're about to perform, because you ran out of time, because you're flopping on a foam roller, or you're smashing with a little crossball, or jackhammering away with a percussion gun, and um, you know that brings us to the next section, this last section here. I just want to talk a little bit more about some some just broad stroke good warm up ideas. So you know, as a general rule, one of the best ways to improve some some muscle tightness or some restriction that you're experiencing is to perform what we call eccentric. So the eccentric part of a movement is oftentimes referred to as the negative portion of the movement. So for example, if I look at say a, uh, like a regular air squat or squat movement, um, the descent, as I lower myself down, I, I'm i using my quads in an eccentric fashion uh, or a negative fashion. And then when I go to stand back up out of the hole, that's a concentric or the positive portion of that movement. So eccentrics or that negative portion, they lengthen the muscle under tension, and they give you control of whatever that new mobility is that you achieve um, without feeling like a floppy noodle afterwards. It's a very active way to warm up. It's, it's what we term active mobility rather than passive mobility. You know, passive mobility where you're just kind of hanging out like stretching and things like that isn't necessarily the best way to to warm up um, before you work out, but active mobility is really the way to go. So it's also the other thing that I want to make sure that we touch on too is is be honest with yourself about uh, why you're experiencing any of these restrictions, this tightness, this soreness in a particular area to begin with. Now, it could be something completely benign. Maybe it's just, simply just a training volume thing that you got going on, right? Maybe maybe you did that. There's a CrossFit workout called Karen. It's 150 wall balls for time right? It's hellacious. It's pretty, pretty rough. And you know, it's, it's really tough on your quads. A lot of people get really smoked in in their quads after doing all those 150 basically squats with a 14 or 20 pound wall ball, throwing it up to a nine or 10 foot target. It's, it's going to blow it out of the water. So maybe you just did that yesterday and now your quads are just feeling super smoked. That's a temporary increase in volume and just kind of a shock to the system that'll resolve on its own, right? Maybe you did some tempo work. Maybe you're working with a coach, or maybe you're, uh, you know, you're just uh, changing things up a little bit in your routine, and you added some tempo work. Maybe you spent a longer time uh, doing some pause squats or some pause deadlifts or something like that, right? And uh, maybe you did some tempo bench presses, and now your shoulders and chest are are lit for a couple of days, and you know that that's kind of to be expected, right? Um, but we really want to ask ourselves, though, make sure that you're not compensating or dumping into a particular Body part or an area that's having a hard time keeping up with any compensation. That you might have going on. So for example, are your upper traps constantly feeling tight uh, when you perform any overhead movements, whether it's at a group fitness class or just as part of your workout? Um, because your upper traps are picking up all the slack for your your limited overhead mobility, right? Um, is your lower back getting smoked when you cycle power cleans because you're having a hard time keeping your butt down during your first pull because maybe you have limited ankle mobility? Um, the other thing we need to ask ourselves, are you leaning over to one side because you're compensating for something that occurring on the other side of your body. So for example, if you're running and you're the outside of your right, Right. Hip hurts, you know, is it because you're, uh, you're, you have limited ankle mobility on your left side. And now you're kind of getting this, this lean over to the right side as a compensation for that, right? Is the front of your left shoulder sore when you do pushups or burpees because you have limited thoracic mobility on your right side. And so, you know, when people are, are constantly, you know, using a foam roller, lacrosse ball or percussion gun to like the same area, um, for every single workout or, or on a consistent because like, that's just what they feel that they need all the time. Um, we just want to make sure that, that it's not something that we're kind of brushing underneath the, the rug, that we're really able to, to be honest with ourselves and, and figure out what's going on. Maybe it is really your body's check engine light, that there may be something go- going on that either you may know about, or you may not know about, but if that's the case, just reach out to somebody for help, right? Um, you know, if you work out at a, at a group fitness gym or a class, like ask your coach to watch you when you squat, make sure you're not leaning over or, you know, have somebody from our team here at Tideline. We're we're more than happy to help you out. Or maybe you have another healthcare provider that you trust and you have confidence in reach out to them. Uh, just make sure that, you know, we're, we're just using some of these tools, the way that they're designed to be used and what they actually do rather than just sweeping stuff underneath the rug. Um, But, you know, if you like using these fun tools, you know, lacrosse ball, uh, percussion gun, and and foam roller, and they feel like they help you mentally prepare for a workout, like, that's great. Go for it. Uh, Especially if you feel like they help you recover afterwards, even better. But, you know, if you're feeling achy and tight in a particular area for a long time and... Uh, just know that some of these tools that we talked about, they may not be doing so much for the muscles themselves as social media would like you to believe. So just make sure you just reach out to somebody for help. But, um, but yeah, I'd love to hear from you guys. You know, how do you guys use some of these? And do you feel like it's a mental thing? Do you, um, you know, what do you use it for? And, and what's your perspective on it? So thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next episode. Hey, real quick before you go. I just wanted to say thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others by taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it to your story on Instagram by tagging at Tideline Sports Performance so we can repost it. And to stay up on all the latest from us, make sure you follow at Tideline Sports Performance on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast. All right, guys, catch you next episode.